As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening, folks. Thank you very, very much for listening. Today is the 11th of October, year of our Lord, 2022. Welcome to yet another edition of the Bun and Cardigan Show presented by The Athletic. I'm, of course, joined by the on-again, off-again man who wears a cardigan, James Edwards III of The Athletic. James. James. Since our, nice, since our last uh, episode, the Pistons have only played one game. Uh, by the time, if you're listening to this on the day that the episode releases, we are playing the Oklahoma City Thunder on Tuesday, and I think the Grizzlies on, like, Friday? Thursday. Friday, Thursday. Okay. Uh, both home games. Uh, I think the Thunder game, interesting measuring stick game. We don't have to spend too much time on that because it's going to age pretty poorly, but I'm excited. Uh, before the game starts, I'm thinking in my head uh, that'll be a really interesting game. Uh, I don't think. I don't think so at all. Well, it's going to be a terrible game to watch. It's not going to be fun at all. I don't think it's a measuring stick game, fam. It's the preseason. The Magic game is a measuring stick game. That's when you play your best players. Okay, yeah. That's when you're not going to get, let me not say names, but, yeah, that's when you're going to get your rotation. And, yeah, that's a measuring. Even then, that's the first game of the year. Sure, sure. Yeah. But, Um, yeah, you as a Piston fan, I – I know Pistons fans. If they lose to the Thunder on Tuesday night in the preseason, there is a season's over. Forty six percent chance that shit hits the fan. Yeah, I mean we've lost to two to two good teams, right? And things have not been going very well, which we are going to talk about here in just a minute. Um, matter of fact, we're going to talk about it right now. So the oh. Detroit Pistons played the New Orleans Pelicans the other night. Um, it wasn't fun. The preseason so far has not been a, a very fun game. Uh, where do you want to start with this one? Do we want to start with the good? Do we want to start with the bad? I think it's going to be – it might be easier to start with the good because there wasn't a lot of it. I don't – you said you had takes, so let's start there. Let's You give off takes and I react to takes. 
Okay, uh, it's actually just one large take with some subsection takes inside of it, and this may take me a minute to get through, so you're going to have to stay with me for just a mm-hmm. second. But it's exactly what we were just talking about. That Hypothetically, right? You go into that Thunder game, it is at home, which is going to be great. If you're able to go, I'm sure tickets are like $2. Maybe go check it out. I saw somebody sitting courtside at the... Uh, someone posted on Reddit that they were sitting uh, courtside for that Knicks game at MSG for $250, right? So if you can do that, really? I'm sure ticket... Pr- yeah, and that, that's a great deal, right? I don't know how close to game yeah. time he got those tickets but that's a good deal even for a preseason game. like literally on the court he was right he was the first row behind johnny on the broadcast table so like not quote unquote courtside but yeah you're courtside you're the closest that you can be in that in that section right um so if you're able to make it to the game i'm sure it's going to be a fun one get loud for our boys but here's the thing uh you watch that game one of the takes that that we talked about last week after we lost um that first preseason game already don't remember who it was to the Knicks. Um, the Knicks. I'm dull. I literally just said that. It was against the Knicks. Uh, again, another good team. It's a team that's better than us. And people were talking about, is Dwayne Casey on the hot seat? Is this man going to lose his job? No, he's not. Uh, now people are in on the Victor, Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes. I do want to talk about that maybe at the tail end of this show. Um, but the one thing that remains consistent is this. I am not going to tell you how to be a fan. I am not going to tell you how you are and are not allowed to react to things because we don't have the same expectations. Most of us are going to differ in what we think the win total is, what we're expecting out of certain guys. But the one thing that I think remains consistent with this Pistons team uh, and with this franchise and with this fan base, and maybe it's not exclusive to this fan base because it's just fans being fans at the end of the day, Um, but there seems to be a misconception on what the timeline of these rebuilds actually is, right? People seem to think that because we got Cade, because Sadiq seems like he might be kind of turning a corner, because Isaiah's hitting threes now, he might be turning a corner, we might have a guy with Isaiah Livers, you make the Bogdanovich trade, and even though that is a trade that a serious team makes, right? Somebody who, a team that, a franchise that actually has aspirations in the future, you don't just hit the ground running and automatically walk into 41 wins. There is a, a very specific reason that Vegas has a win total of 27 and a half. And maybe it's shifted since then. I don't know the post Bogdanovich trade. Maybe it's at like 29 and a half right now, right? But Vegas knows stuff, okay? They are not biased fans. They know things. And usually those numbers are actually a pretty good indicator of where your team might end up. Don't take them for gospel, but like, hey, probably in the ballpark somewhere, right? So when the Pistons go out and they smoke two preseason games, and even though it is preseason, I think there is a difference between um, – you know, if you exceed in the preseason, then I think it's okay to use the preseason card, right? Like, okay, let's wait to see if they can do in the regular season. But when they are exactly what we thought they were going to be and all of the things that we were concerned about reign true in the preseason, I think it's safe to say, yeah, maybe this is just what it's going to be. Using something as an example, the three-point shooting, okay? The Pistons get off to a, an electric start in that uh, Pels game. They start five of nine from three. They have two, like 15 of their 20 points are from three, and then they go one of their next nine and the Pels come back, right? The second unit absolutely absolutely smokes the lead. Um, one thing that I that we were worried about was, was okay, the three-point, I'm sorry, obviously I was just talking about that. The three-point shooting we're concerned about, I'm expecting them to be a bottom 10 team. If something changes and they end up being a, a top 15 three-point shooting team, then my take here is going to change. Um, but we know that about them, right? So that's not shocking. When people come out and say, like, is Sadiq really a guy? Like, do we know if Sadiq's a guy? Yeah, he actually wasn't the problem in that game. People coming out saying, I think Kemba Walker actually might be the better option over guys like Corey Joseph. I can't watch Corey Joseph play basketball anymore. We don't know if Kemba Walker can move. We don't know if he has, like, he says he has good basketball in him. What do you expect him to say? Uh, and and uh, I think people need to remember, um, can I answer a few of your things you've said so yeah, far Yeah, sure go for it i think it should be reminded um in terms of the rebuild um i don't remember if i said this last time or if people even care and want to hear it but 
The Warriors didn't have a winning record until Steph's fourth year. The Bucks were 42-40 and 40 in Giannis's fourth year, under 500 until the first three years. Boston obviously went through a bunch of weird phases with Tatum and Brown. Um, and we all know how bad the Suns were until Chris Paul arrived. So, yeah, I agree with you that I don't understand people's, again, like you said, and I've said several times because I've been accused of this, I'm not going to tell you how to be a fan. If you think the Pistons should win 50 games, that's on you. You're just going to be miserable for a whole season. 100%. Um, If you think, whatever you think, it's just, it tends to be that things take more than a, a year. And they got what we all perceive and believe to be the guy a year ago. So it takes time. Um, number two, yeah, like there are interesting pieces. Sadiq, like you said, I, I feel confident that he's an NBA player for a long time. Is there stuff he needs to keep getting better at? Yeah, I think some of the decision-making needs to be done a little bit quicker. Uh, he shot the ball better against the Pelicans. But I have no worry at all if Sadiq is an actual NBA player who at minimum is a starter and at best is the best player on a bench on a good team. Uh, Isaiah Stewart is, as I noted the other day, has shot in 52% from three dating back to the end of March last year in live action. So that's the last 10 ish games of last season, summer league and preseason. Is he going to shoot 50% from three in the regular season? No. Should you expect him to? No. But do I still think he's going to be flirting with mid thirties on higher volume? I do positive. Um, Jaden Ivy did not play well against the Pelicans statistically, but I still think he has surprised me with some of the reads he's made, being willing to kick out when he meets a wall um, and making the right decisions because that was my biggest question for him, and he's done that very well. Isaiah Livers, I have been on that train for a long time. Shout out to him. He just got engaged. Nice. Um, it, he looks like an NBA player. Um, Cade has had a preseason that statistically – uh, in terms of efficiency, hasn't been what most people want to see. Uh, but he has taken on a lot of teams are keying, on, keying in on him, even in the preseason. Um, he's made the right reads. He has not turned the ball over. A, he didn't turn the ball. I think he only turned the ball over twice against the Pelicans. Um, he's still adjusting not only to being the guy and defenses um, uh, preparing against him, but also trying to involve everybody else. Um, to a fault sometimes, I might add. And I think that – and I, I asked Dwayne about this today uh, when it comes to the three-point shooting. And I know there's uh, just perusing Twitter and the comments on The Athletic and talking to people. Obviously, there are some people who are like, why do they shoot so many threes? Like, obviously, that's the way the game's going. But people are a little more frustrated because the Pistons don't make those threes. Um, they're getting good shots. As I wrote in my piece on the athletic about the defensive switching and how you'll, you would see, I don't think the switching would be as much of a talking point if the offense was where it needed to be in terms of, uh, 2023 and not that they don't play that way. It's just the, they're, they're not shooting well. So for example, I asked Dwayne today, like if you guys, instead of being 30th, in the league the last two years, essentially, from three, were even 22nd or 23rd, 
that's a that's more wins. Sure. And they led the league in getting I think they were maybe fifth in wide open threes last year. They got the fifth most wide open three point attempts. And they finished an abysmal dead last in making wide open threes at 34%. Imagine if that's 37% or 36%. We're sitting here and they probably don't have one of Ivy or Dern. So, yes, people may like, well, you're not catering to the players you have. Well, they went and got a Bojan to help up that three-point percentage. They went Alec and got Burks an Alec too. Burks yeah. to up and to, to get that three-point percentage. They are – in the, uh, push, pushing Isaiah Livers into a bigger role, who has been a 40% three-point shooter his whole life. Uh, they are hoping Sadiq Bey is, finds consistency shooting three ball. We all know he's a shooter at his core, but he has to do it consistently. He's had one good year and one up-and-down year, so where is he at now? Uh, Cade is a better shooter than he showed, and I'm missing somebody else. Isaiah, They're pushing Isaiah Stewart to space the floor. So I know it seems like doom and gloom because they haven't really shot the ball well in preseason. But, again, they're missing Alec Burks, um, and Boyan's still getting situated. I think that they're going to be a better three-point shooting team. I don't think they're going to be a good three-point shooting team, but I think they're going to be better, and I think because of that, they're naturally going to win more games, um, and that is kind of where they're at. Like they're in the, There's a way they want to play. They're in the rebuilding phase. The way the, the They're still finding the players – to fit that, they're finding out who fits that mold that they already have, and that's what this is about. Uh, that's why you see them switching because that's what they want to do when they turn a corner. And instead of catering maybe now to the guys on the roster, they're finding out who can participate in the way that they want to play down the road. So um, I understand the – I don't even know. It's not doom and gloom, but I think – People just always set the bar so high because people get so excited about young guys and people get so excited about the unknown uh, that it kind of clouds the um, not what's the word I'm looking for somewhere Cloud. between fantasy and opinion. There's fact, yeah, or just or just history or sure, like like I said, the Warriors didn't have a winning record until Steph's fourth year. With uh, that's one of the greatest players ever. So yeah. Well, on the defensive side, at least, and this has really nothing to do with three-point shooting, you are also going to get Nerlens Noel back, right? That's somebody that you're also mm-hmm. hoping comes back by the start of the season, right? What's the update there? Uh, he did his first uh, light. He did light things today at practice. At practice, so he's officially like starting to do things with the group. So at least by the end of the month, we will we will get him back. Yeah, I would I would cool. be surprised if he's like ready to play the first game but maybe you never right. know same with somebody else did, oh kevin knox also did uh light work too totally forgot forgot about, kevin, about knox. kevin knox like Shut totally up. spaced that one uh so we talk about the switching we talk about Cade. why don't we talk about both of those things uh in the same talking point what was going on there they were hunting him in the first five minutes of the game and got him into foul trouble should we be concerned james probably not i was just confused because as somebody yeah. who was like don't we know Cade to be a pretty disciplined defender? I just, I, it was the process was disillusioning to me. Uh, I wouldn't call, I think that's, I would disagree with you there. I think that's probably Cade's biggest issue is I don't think he is disciplined. Um, a lot of his, a lot of the fouls that got him into trouble last year were him just reaching in and trying to get a steal when he didn't that's need fair. to. That's fair. Yeah. Um, and so obviously people have varying opinions on switching with this team, whatever. 
Um, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. It is what it is. Uh, I understand why they do it. Um, he, there were many times where Cade got Valanchunas matched up on him, and yes, they went to him. Mm-hmm. And you'd anticipate Val, everybody. You see Valanchunas scoring over Cade. Well, why are they letting that happen? Why is that? Um, the, well, like, why are they inviting that? Well, it also goes back to what I was saying on the offensive end. Well, I, you gladly invite Valanchunas twos if it means they're shooting less threes and you're able to hit more threes. The issue is they don't hit more threes right. um, so far, and that's they hope that as the, when the regular season starts that changes. And Dwayne said he's confident um, in the progress that this team is going to show from three. He said, knock on wood, it, you can't say that until you, they start making it, but he does feel more confident where the team is at from three. But, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, people could say why – there's two things, two ways you can look at it, and, and, and both have uh, good arguments to be made. One could – somebody – I've seen people say, well, why even put Cade in the position where he might have to foul? Yep. Fair. Yep. And then there's the other side. It's like, well, Cade should stop following. <laughs> so, um, and, and like I said, it's not like Cade is fouling. Um, like, it, it's him reaching in nine times out of ten. Sure. If you give up a basket because Valanchunas is bigger than you, that's fine. He's posting then, you up, yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. That's You're inviting him to maybe shoot a jump hook two over you over in, in the paint or a turnaround right outside the paint. Like, you're inviting that. Those are the type of shots they want. If he makes it, kudos. You go down on offense and you get a bucket. But uh, I, I think the the truth is somewhere in the middle. And Dwayne talked about that when I asked him about the switching. He's like, we have other stuff we're going to do right now. You to Before you go on to the next step, you have to get this down. So they're switching going through five the first two games. That's what they've been doing. He said, when we get to the season, maybe we only switch one through three or we only switch one through four. Um, sprinkling in zone. So obviously it's a preseason. This isn't the end-all be-all. And you maybe probably see less instances where Cade is on a Valanchunas or an Embiid. But also, like I said, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Cade has to stop fouling and stop yeah. reaching in, too. So yeah, it is what it is. So Jalen Duran was not playing in that game, which means that it was the all eyes were on Jaden Ivey, right? He's the he's the the rookie of the night. Um, Duran is uh, Duran practiced today. Today oh, cool. being Monday. So he just had a sh- little shoulder thing. Kami cool. actually sounds like it's more of a wait and see situation. His quad. Um, and he is obviously a player who relies a lot on athleticism, so I think they're going to take their time with him in his quad. Not really rushing it either. I think there are enough guys in the rotation who you know have a reason to play and fight for minutes. So kind yeah. of an audition time for them. Next man up with this with with this team. So, uh, but with that, you'll probably see Corey Joseph in the second unit sure. um, to start the year because I would assume Burks won't be ready and Hami's out. So either him or Rodney. Jaden Ivey, I think it was in the third quarter. Uh, I, I believe it well, maybe it was the end of the second, but I think it was the third quarter. I actually liked what I saw just from a leadership and taking command of the offense perspective. I think it was very it was very obvious to me that he was the guy. Like he was who they were running the offense to, and I thought he did a really good job. I also think um that he is going to draw more kicked balls than anyone else in the league this year. And the like Pelican- literal kickballs. No, like I'm sorry. Draymond like kickball, got like, I'm sorry. I apologize. Like kickball violations. Like he's going to dribble it off of somebody's foot or something. And that's what uh, the Pels broadcast was getting so mad about is they weren't technically kickball violations. They, he was just dribbling on a, off of dude's feet because he was moving so fast. And when he hits the aforementioned wall that you were talking about and he kicks it out to somebody else, well, before he could even do that, he was throwing it off of somebody's sneaker and the refs were like, oh, got to take that out of bounds. Um, he, so even if he's not getting calls at the rim, I don't know. Even though that he, did. He, he went to the line nine times. 
He did. Yes. Uh, You just worry because he's a rookie. I mean, if Cade wasn't getting those calls, would you argue that Cade's just better at absorbing the contact? So in a way, it's harder for the officials to see that there's actually contact happening. Maybe because Jaden Ivey is so like flaily. You know, I I would say it looks. Yeah, there's more power behind the way in which Jaden attacks the rim that is more susceptible to the ref blowing their whistle. The style of play, I think, definitely plays in that because I've said it on record. Cade was fouled a lot more than he than he went to the line for last year. But uh, Jaden, and it's something the Pistons desperately need. They have a guard, and I don't. I don't think Jaden's going to average nine free throws a game. But (laughs) if there's a world where there's not, I wouldn't be surprised if he averaged five or six, and that would be double what Cade got last year and I mean Killian doesn't get to the line often the guards on this team don't get to the line often so that is something uh, that is very much needed and Jaden I mean he's been to the line I think 12 times in two games so he's averaging six a game Uh, another tough night from uh, Marvin Bagley fouled out of that game what have you seen from him um I still think it is a I'm curious to see how I'm kind of excited to get the regular season started just to see like what exactly they how they use him. Mm. Um, you saw him in game one come off the bench and play. Uh, he's the only big that spent most of his minutes with another big. He played with Duran um, against the Knicks the majority of the time, and then he started on against the Pelicans with Isaiah with Stewart. Isaiah, yep, and they didn't they weren't bad uh, that group to start the game. Uh, they did get out. Excuse me, they did get out in transition a lot. That helped make the offense look pretty good. But I also thought the spacing wasn't terrible. Um, Bagley was in the dunker spot. Isaiah um, around three a lot. Bagley hit some highway screens, one that got Ivy a bucket, I remember, maybe Sadiq. Um, I think, yeah, I think figuring out the best way to use Bagley is still a work in progress because pairing – who do you pair him with um, – is Duran ready? Uh, do you play Livers at the four in the second unit? Uh, I think I think they're still sorting that out. There was a really tough lineup that they threw out there. Um, I don't remember which quarter it was, but it was they had Bogdanovich at the five. I think it was like Killian, Ivy, Braxton, Key, Sadiq, yeah. and Bogdanovich, and it was the worst thing I have ever seen in my life. I'd say what about Braxton Key though? I don't hate watching him play, just because he plays hard and he gets his shots up. I like it. He does play hard. And as for as for a two way guy, I mean, sure, why not, man? That's what the preseason's for. Go out there, yeah. and he's got a good body, he's got a good frame. I like it. Um, but that one was tough because you're throwing a bunch of guys out there who can't really create their shot by themselves, or it's a guy like Sadiq who's figuring out if he can create a shot for himself. You know what yeah. I mean? So that wasn't very fun for me. Um, can I make a point about Zion really quick? Sure. What are you supposed to do? I don't get it. What are you supposed to do? It's a foul yeah. every time. Within five feet, it's a foul. Yeah, there's nothing anybody can do except maybe like Giannis. Yeah, even then, I just don't know. Like he's like he's a freight train. We know this. There's nothing I can say yeah. right now or tell you about Zion that you haven't already heard. But I just don't really know what you're supposed to do. You also have to consider the fact that you have to hope he keeps eating Wendy's. Yeah, which it doesn't look like he is. Did I you mean, see they that were photo though. Which one? A photo came out last week of him and the uh, and he posed with a Wendy's uh, employee. That he was in the he was in his car in the drive thru and the Wendy's employee asked to take a photo and they both smiled and took a photo. But yes, Zion, I'm more offended that he was back in New Orleans and went to Wendy's. He went to Wendy's. Like that's arguably the best food city in North America, and my man's went to Wendy's. I that's hope he got same, the taco salad. 
That's the same city as the TGI Fridays, too, which isn't even there anymore. It's not there anymore. It's no. not even there. Zion no. didn't even get to enjoy the it's TGI Lulu Fridays. It's a Lululemon now. Yeah. <laughs> you also, I feel like we have to remember that that game probably, well, I can't say probably doesn't end in a loss, but maybe doesn't end in a loss if you don't let Jose Alvarado give you 30 or 28 yeah, or, that, or, that, or whatever that's it was. Not, that, yeah, I mean, he's, he outkicked his coverage times two yeah uh and they only lost by 10 it was that game was weirdly close at the end i think new orleans ended up hitting a few more threes late uh but the pistons had won the three-point line early on which is why you which why the game was closer than it appeared to be if you were just watching it yeah it was a very weird game um very weird game but yeah it's the preseason i just i just always struggle to put a lot of stock into anything in the preseason Two things. One, this even team the is... first week of the regular season, if we're being honest. Really? That's the most exciting. First... No, no, no. But I'm saying like w- w- what you see, like putting stock into it. Like it. Oh, okay. It just kind of takes saying. time to. I don't know. When, so what are you saying? Like mid December, mid January is like when you know what you have. Mid January is. A I good would point say for like that. ten games in. Oh, that early? You think? Yeah, like t- I know coaches tend to like look at things at like in quarters, so like every twenty games, but like. Mm-hmm. I think you'll know what the Pistons are by in 20 games. I think by 10, they should start looking like, oh, okay, it's starting to click a little bit, and there's some rhythm there, and they know what they're doing. The thing we that we texted about with Jose Alvarado, because who was it that I said last week? Uh, Jalen Brunson. I said that Jalen Brunson is just a roided-up-ish Smith. That's literally all that he is. They do the exact same stuff. Uh, Jalen Brunson just gets more shots up and is a little bit more efficient. Uh, well, Jose Alvarado, congratulations. You have uh, been invited to the Ish Smith tier because you're literally just Ish Smith. He does the exact same stuff. And your point was, uh, like small guards who just annoy people. There is a niche for you that exists. Like, just be that guy. You will have an NBA career. Yeah. Uh, be a good teammate. And by all accounts, I, I've, you already know, Ish is one of the, my favorite humans I've covered, but by all accounts, Jose Alvarado is a great teammate. Um, yeah, man, you play hard, you push the pace, and uh, you're nice to people. You can find a home for a long time. What did you think about? Uh, what do you think about watching Dyson Daniels? You like him? I like Dyson. Uh, if they had drafted Ben Math, though, but he's a, but uh, with the Pacers, I'd be wearing though, a Pelican shirt. It's, I'd rather. But it's but it's and I agree. I agree. New Orleans was like I think they were number one, but the Are Pacers tell- had to be number two, right? I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna be honest with you. I didn't, it's the Pacers. Like I don't. I don't. New Orleans is different. Like I'm you know, on. I love Brandon Ingram, so that's, I watch the Pelicans anyway. Yeah. I get it. Those yeah. are your guys. And CJ, like they're just gonna score so many points. But I've, yeah, shout out to Herb Jones. I like the Pelicans a lot. Shout out to David Griffin. There isn't a player I don't think in the NBA. Well, no, that's a Nick statement. That would be a Nick take if I said there's not a single player in the NBA like this guy. Well, you uh, are Nick. Yes, I am, but I don't want to give a Nick take. You know what I mean? No, I don't, so say it. Okay, I'll say what I was going to say, but I don't mean this. I was going to say there's not a single player in the NBA who forces more pass-offs than Herb Jones. I swear to God, if if Herb Jones is defending <laughs> a dude on the perimeter and they get the ball passed to him, at them they just they immediately send it off. They're like, I don't want to deal with this guy because he's so good. Yeah, he's long. He's, he's so a, quick. He's going to be a good player for a long time. Um, shout out to Herb Jones. Yeah, I, I, I like the Pelicans a lot. I think they're going to be fun. Uh, have you who, had a? Who are your you, top five favorite players in the NBA right now? Ooh. You can only put one piston in there. I'm not doing it in order because I would be fine. here all day. Uh, I would probably go. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Cade, Giannis, Tatum, Luke, Luca, Luke. Shea Gilgis-Alexander might be in there. But sick. But can I, no, 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 can I give you a sicker answer? Can I give you a sicker answer? So, what, what what am I at? Cade, Luca. Tatum, Giannis. Okay, so I only get one more. Luke Cornett. I'm going to do it. Oh, it's even worse than that. I'm going to go Sabonis. It's Sabonis. It's not worse than that. He's an all-star. Is that not worse than Shea Gilgis-Alexander? No, you said it's worse than Luke Cornett. Well, okay, I'm goofing, I guess. Oh. Then. But, it's, but yeah, I would put Sabonis in there. I love him. I love the Sacramento piece of this so much. I would throw Halliburton in there, but I can't, so I'm going to go with Sabonis. <laughs> You can't. I can't do it. That's not. It's not. That's not on me. I can't do it. And and surely I'm I'm forgetting about somebody. Yeah. But. There's a person who's probably the most entertaining player in sports that you forgot, but it's okay. LeBron James. No, Steph Curry. I'm goofing. Well, he's not in my top. You asked for my top five favorite. This isn't 2014. You're not a favorite. Steph's not one of your favorite players. Like when Steph's going off, you get a text. Steph's do, Steph's doing Steph things. You don't rush to your laptop. Well, it, that doesn't mean that he's not my favorite or I don't recognize that he's one of the best, but, like, I know what he is. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know that that's him. And, and, yeah, of course I get excited, and, of course, I'll immediately turn on that, that ESPN game, right? But that doesn't mean that he has to be in my, okay. you know, you know what I mean? Like, I guess I, I meant, I, like, favorite to – yeah, okay. My favorite to watch. And this is no order. Steph, like, everybody's like, oh, what a – what a the basketball guy picks the most popular player? Yes. Yeah. Every time. Steph Curry is sure. one of a kind. And you're right. Yeah. Brandon Ingram. He was the one that I wanted to put in there, yeah. Love B.I. Yeah. Um, uh, how many is that, two? Anthony Edwards. Ah, I love that. I love that. Oh, your cousin. I forgot. My cousin. Yep. Man, you PG. got cousins. Ooh, great pick. I mean, he's one of my favorites of all time. I would just put the Clippers on my on my list. And uh, number five, uh, Giannis. Come on, man. No, nah, I respect Giannis. I don't. Um, Booker, Luca, Jalen Brown, Lamelo, Booker, Tatum are in there. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to pick a big. Oh, do Sabonis then? Come on. I'm not doing Sabonis. What the Why hell? the triple double god? Do Jokic. When did he get that do- nickname? <laughs> well, Jokic is in the league. So oh, Jokic. The tr- yeah, there you go. Jokic. Yeah. What do you think about the Nuggets this year? They got Jamal I, Murray back? I love their additions. I love. Get, I think KCP is a perfect two-guard for that team. Yes. He's going to benefit from a lot of Giannis, or Giannis, Jokic-centric offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got Jamal Murray back. They added Bruce Brown. Yep. Um, Michael Porter Jr. is good at basketball, but he's – Michael Porter Jr., so we'll see how that plays out. I like the Nuggets. 
I got to see, obviously, where Murray's at. Um, I like them. The Clippers are winning the finals, so, you know, it doesn't really matter, but they're my pick. If, if I can get, I told you, if I can get six, uh, 65 plus games out of Kawhi and he's fully healthy in the playoffs, I'm taking, I'm taking the Clippers. And yeah, I'm pretty sure we talked about them last week too. So I guess we don't need to do like a, a Pistons West 2.0 in this episode, <laughs> but, um, that's just the deepest team in the league, man. And Norman Powell, you got, uh, Luke Kennard, you got PG. And I, did I, did I make the point that I could outfish PG? I challenged Paul George to a fish off. I think I can outfish him. Did he? receive this request i don't think i don't think his people have have seen the message yet but okay. i do think if we did like a and i said I'll it i'll push it along cool 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 my thank you for that and you know the right people um send shams a text and be like will you tweet this out like at paul george uh do you want to go ahead go, i was gonna say if we did it by quantity not weight i could catch like more largemouth bass bass than him i think that's just a the wrong take but we'll i don't know your fishing skills i've never seen you hold a fishing I'm, pole i'm nice i'm real nice Seeing you ride a bike, so I'm not sure you can. Uh, I'm not sure you can fish. When did you see me ride a bike? Oh, you because you called me the Wicked Witch of the West or something like that. <laughs> yeah, you rode a bike in Chicago. You pulled up with your uh, your satchel, my tote bag, in your in your in your Tom in your Tom Sachs. <laughs> you just had Wicked Witch of the West vibes. All right. Do you want to talk about the the elephant in the room, just like a little bit? Such garbage takes going around about this, man. Are we talking about the same thing? I don't know. What are you talking about? Jordan and Draymond? Okay, we're talking about the same thing then. All right. Yeah, garbage takes about this, but go ahead. I guess... So I guess... I, I And I need to... Like I said, on Twitter, like, there's not enough... There are not enough words available to me on Twitter. There are not enough... You lose the nuance when you yep. tweet in when you tweet things that you're trying to get involved in the conversation. I was not saying what Draymond did wasn't wrong. It was wrong. My thing was it wasn't a sucker punch. No. There's a difference. That yeah. was not a sucker punch. Did Poole expect him to probably throw a punch? Probably not. But there was confrontation. There was a push. There was chest bumping. Usually fights start with those first two things. So it wasn't a sucker punch. What Draymond did was wrong. The other point I was trying to make, and when I said, I wasn't trying to say this wasn't a big deal. I was trying, when I said that this happens all the time, I just felt like everybody was acting like this was the first time it's ever happened. Um, and it's had we not. seen the video yet when you said that? Because I don't think we had. I think when we, I think. I think no, when I tweeted it, when I tweeted that, I that's why I said, I said, this is, this is pretty common. The only reason this is such a big deal is because we we're watching it my thing my response to you was look dude when all of these players even are like no like this is wrong it's not just reporters it's not just fans because like that's one thing but when even like the fraternity of guys that are involved in this sort of a thing on a day-to-day basis but but the stuff i saw was again backing what i had said listen i've heard some stuff about the team i covered from 20 years ago to Two weeks ago, you know what I mean? Like yeah. this happens, but I thought Dame had the best. I thought Dame had the best response. So even Marcus Smart said the same thing. Can I read to you what Dame said in case? Yeah, people I actually, it? yeah, I don't know what the quote was, so it's news to me too. This is basically what I was trying to say, but Dame was able to say it in person and it articulated better. Thoughts on the altercation, Dame? 
It's unfortunate. When you spend as much time with your teammate. Oh, that, I want to make that point, too. When everyone's like, you're not supposed to punch your teammate. For sure. But just because you work together, you live together, doesn't mean you always like each other. Yeah. I was telling people, the biggest fights I ever had in my life were with my cousins, who I love. You know what I mean? Like, they get on your nerves. You're around them every day. You're more willing to pop your cousin than you are an sh- uh, altercation Some with somebody at the park. Yeah. More, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, neither here, but for, yeah, whatever. So, sorry. Damon, uh, Damon. Dame said, <laughs> it's unfortunate. When you spend as much time with your teammate as we do, you want it to be positive and you want it to be respectful. But I'd be lying if I said there hasn't been a lot of heated moments that I've seen in my career. I'm sure it happens in every locker room. You never wish to see that. I think what happens behind closed doors should stay that way. It should be handled correctly, but it should stay behind closed doors. So I thought the fact the video came out was wrong. On the altercation itself, as wrong as it was, I think if you're a boxing fan, in boxing they say you got to protect yourself at all times. I think Draymond, who I know pretty well, probably walked away from that situation saying, I probably shouldn't have done that to my teammate. And Jordan Poole's probably walking away thinking, when I push somebody, I should know that something might be coming back. That's it. It's an unfortunate situation. Have you ever seen anything close to that? In the NBA, there's been a few scuffles, but people were prepared, unlike Jordan Heaton. Unusual to see a teammate throw a punch. I think it's become a thing in the NBA where it's like, ain't nobody going to do nothing. Everybody always quick to say that. So when somebody does do something, it's the end of the world. Like I said, it's unfortunate, but if two grown men are having words and one pushes the other, you got to assume that something might happen. That's just how I saw it. Uh, Marcus Smart went on and said uh, he's seen a bunch of fights. Uh, It's your brother's. So you love your brother, but sometimes they got to get punched. And I shouldn't put say it like that, but that's what he said. He's like, sometimes it happens. And, um, yeah, I just that was how I was trying to articulate it. And I that's why you don't. That's why I'm done entering the conversation of the day on Twitter. Yeah, no, I, and I think that's I, first of all, I agree with that that part of it 100 percent wholeheartedly. I agree with it. I think what is kind of weird though is when you do watch the video. Well, first I want to say. What is weird, and, and a bunch of people have identified this as a problem, is that is when the focus becomes why did the video leak and not the fact that this is actually something that Draymond should be kind of punished for, right? Like, this is not a great thing. Yeah, the video shouldn't have come out. That's kind of lame. But let's not take away from the fact that this is also kind of messed up that this happened in the first place. While at the same time, it is quote unquote, I'm not going to say it's justified, but like, yeah, you kind of, you know, I'm not going to say Jordan Poole had it coming, but what Dame is saying, I agree with, right? What is a little... Can I say, can I just combat what you just said really quick? Oh, I'm you agreeing with you. No, 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 no. About the, the conversation switching to the video coming out. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Um, I think that it was going to, Draymond was going to be punished and it was always going to be punished and he's still going to be punished. Yeah. But the Warriors, and I agree with them, are upset that now it is something that the world has seen that happened behind closed doors. And now it's something that everybody has to answer to every time there's a press conference and that because it got out, the headache is going to linger outside of the walls of the Golden State Warriors practice facility, which yeah. is the issue, which yeah. I agree with them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and people were saying that the league should do something. No. No, stop. That's stop. a Warriors punishment. Here's the thing. He didn't kill him, okay? People are acting like he like literally killed Jordan Poole. He didn't. No. And listen, people, if people are saying the league, no. The league gave Jokic one game for his cheap shot on Morris. Yeah. In front of thousands of people during a game. Isaiah, Isaiah Stewart, Stewart got, got one game, game yeah. for his antics. 
This happened behind closed doors. That is simply a warrior situation. The league should not yes. do a damn thing, and if the league does do something, it shouldn't be more than a game, but they shouldn't do anything anyway. Can I ask, uh, maybe just put this one to bed. I, I don't know. We haven't talked about this. Are you of the belief that it was a uh, that this was actually a deliberate leak to make Draymond look bad so that they have a quote-unquote reason to push him out? What do you think about that? I don't really subscribe to that. At first I did. I was like, that's kind of a good point. I don't think that that's the case. I think they're actually mad about it. I have I have a conspiracy theory with how yes. it got leaked. Yes. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. I don't think it was somebody in the Warriors organization. I don't think people know this, but like games, that's how you get your synergy stats. That's how you yep. get your practices. Also, there are cameras also for practice. Yeah. These, the Most of these teams, if I'm not mistaken, all of them, I think synergy is the company that has the cameras in there that allows these to be track stats and videotape practices. There's some cybercrime going on. My conspiracy theory, theory, James talking shit after a long day at work, not saying this is what it is. I haven't heard anything. Not sourced. This is my wild brain conspiracy theory. Because listen, I don't think somebody in the Warriors did it because I could bet money. That's not the first time Draymond's punched somebody. You know what I mean? Like things have happened behind those doors. It's never, it hasn't gotten out before. I think that it was reported that there was an altercation. Somebody who works for the company or companies that videotaped the practices then saw and learned when the incident was, went back and maybe got the film and looked at the film from that day of Warriors practice, got a call from a certain media organization that was willing to pay for the footage, and sold the footage. I don't think it came from the Warriors. Do I have any type of knowledge? No, and by the time you hear this podcast, it will probably have come out that it came from the Warriors. But I'm going to go with I don't want to say that I don't want to say it was synergy, but I'm going to say who the company that records the podcast for team or the podcast records practices and for teams and has the cameras and allows them to track data and stuff while practicing. Did you hear what Draymond's quotes were uh, in the in the presser when they asked him about the fight? Yeah, I thought he handled it well. I agree. He's super, super well-spoken dude, and that's why his podcast is so great. Um, yeah, he's got a, what he did was wrong, but what's weird to me is like everyone in the video is like not expecting it at all. Like they're in each other's faces, and the, everyone's just kind of like looking at him, like nothing's about to happen. Like that was what was. They weird. were like, "That's Draymond just yelling at Jordan." Yeah, and that's kind of what I. And maybe you know what? Maybe this is to your point that this is kind of the norm. Like Draymond, just we know that he has a really strong predilection for stirring things up. That's just his. That's what he does, right? He's an agitator, and he like just you know. Some people are gonna say it's you know for better. Some people are gonna say in this instance it's for worse, right? Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's a good way to put it. Is they're just like, well, Draymond, you know, this is just what happens every single day. There's there's nothing going on. Uh, but yes, that was a, a a very very tough look. Another thing that you mentioned um, was, you're right. There's a chance that by the time you know this releases and people are listening to this, that there's a piece of information that has come out that makes all of this null and void potentially. And even though the situations are are totally different, and there are totally different reasons why I personally haven't really had a take on either of them. You look at a situation like the Ime Odoka thing, right? And again, for completely different reasons, we haven't really touched that one because A, it's not our business. B, it gets kind of it's kind of dicey. But the principle of 
uh, chamber your takes until more information comes out. Because you look at the Ime thing specifically, and every single day there was a new piece of information where people had to backtrack certain things or people, you know, had to make amends. And it's yeah. like, give it Don't the Don't be weekend. first, be right. That's journalism right. 101. Sit we on that. And there are... Let me not say that, but yes, you learn that in school, journalism 101, be be right, not first. In the same way that we are, well, maybe me specifically, because you don't want to send shots at anybody, but I have kind of said some things about certain reporters out there who fire every single bullet that they're given, right? Every video guy, every scout that they talk to, they say it, right? Every rumor that they hear, they put it out there, and that's wrong, and it's gross, and it's stupid, and it's it's annoying. The same way that you don't want to fire off every single take that you have. I have a lot of takes about some of the players on our basketball team that I would never publicly say because... Because what am I going to get out of it? It's only going to be super divisive. I'm going to look like a bitter dude or like I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to alienate people because I'm the only one who thinks this weird thing. And I would I would apply that same principle to any piece of of major news or information that comes out. You can say it with the Eme thing or the Draymond thing. And again, they are totally for totally different reasons. We haven't really said anything about them. Um, I would still prefer that we don't really say anything about the Eme thing because it's like, hey, let's just let's just move past that. Um, but the Draymond thing, yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see. Uh, I've seen some people be like, is this the time that the Pistons should trade for him because his value Stop. is at an all-time low? I'm just I, I'm just putting it out there. You just you you put a bullet in it, so okay, we're done with it. All right, let's um, hold on. Hold on. Let's let's look at the Draymond's money. Yeah. Let's see what it would take to get there. Sorry, did that did you hear that? Me. Yes, I did. Okay, You'll be I'm fine. Sorry. Worry, I'm sorry, listen. Okay. All right, Draymond is making twenty. Let's say on average twenty-five million a year this year. Yeah. All right. So who has to be in there? Bagley. Bagley. You start with Bagley. I don't even know if he can be traded right now because not right now. He would have to wait till the fifteenth. Hey, uh, did we talk about extensions on this show, or was that private? That we talked. Wait, like 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 over text. I mean, are you talking about extensions? Like they got ex. They I'm got sorry, their I'm sorry. options like, picked up. Like Sadiq and Isaiah. Like when when should we oh, expect yeah. that they're going to? I don't remember if we talked about that on here. Or not. I mean, I, I, my guess would be next summer. Okay, maybe we did then. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Like so, it would take Bagley, Kemba. So you need four more million, and we'll say Corey. Sure. That's not the value, but that's not enough for Draymond. Well, but then the argument becomes, what even is his value right now? And then you have to factor in, I'm not sure the Warriors have two open roster spots to take on two additional guys. Yeah. There you so go. then we can let's try to think of a two-for-one. You're not trading Bogdanovich for Draymond. No. Um, not doing Sadiq, And you can't trade Isaiah. So the next closest, so it would have to be Bagley, and then you have to get to 13 more million. And uh, you don't have Kelly anymore. Can't do that. Yeah, so I don't know how it works. But also, and I've said this many times, the Pistons are not giving Draymond the max <laughs> ever. So, so here, here's what your task is, listeners. Uh, go on, fire up the trade machine. Send James all of your trades because this is his favorite thing. Is oh, people... we're forgetting about Burks and Noel, but I don't know if they can get traded right now either. They would have to wait, yeah. Do you want to end yeah. Do you want to end on something a little more lighthearted? Sure. Wembanyama. Holy smokes. A freak. What do you think? Because I've seen a lot of people be like, you realize the Pistons aren't going to be bad enough to get Victor Wembanyama this year. And my thing is, hey, guy, uh, 
Do they realize the team that's the worst in the league only has a 14% chance of getting him? Bro, winning eight games does nothing for you. The Pels won 33 games and got Zion. Yes. So even in a even if Vegas is right, this team goes out wins 26, 27 games. I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, I, I, I think I'll think I'll be having some of that. I'm not. I'm. I feel pretty good. I think the tank this year. It's going to be so interesting to see the final ten games of the season and the teams that are two and a half games out of that that last lottery spot. Right to even have a 0.5 percent chance at getting Victor. Do they just sell on the play in and go? Yeah, we want the. We want to see if we can get this guy. I think they will. You think that they would lean win Benyama? Yeah. Over a play-in spot? Yeah. I don't. Why? I think that... Um, or Scoop? A lot, I think a lot of people would feel good in the, orga- in, or in the organization and outside the organization if this group made the play-in. Oh, I'm not talking about. Sorry, that's not even exclusive to Detroit. I'm talking about the league as a whole. Let's. Oh. I don't know. Let's. Let's say. Oh, yeah, it's, I guess it depends on the team. It depends on the team, right? If it's Cleveland, right? They're like, no, 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 no. We want the play-in. That's what you traded for Donovan Mitchell for. Yeah. I think they're good. And for for what for the record, I think they're going to be better than that, right? I don't right, think they're right. going to be in that position. But using them as yeah, a, yeah. as an example, if if let, let me give you this, if Washington Charlotte, would go for the play-in, Washington, they shouldn't, but they would. If uh, if if Charlotte is down there. I would go for Wen Benyama, but yeah. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. So uh, with Detroit specifically, I do agree. I think that they would do – because, and you know what? Hey, just to use 2000 and uh, – what, what year did Zion get drafted? 2019? Just to use 2019 as an ex- – yeah, it was, as an example. The um, Seiku draft. Yep. I remember on 97-1, that guy was like he – who shall, he, he who shall not be named – was like getting all in his feelings because – the Pistons were going for the playoffs and not the aforementioned 0.5% chance at getting Zion. Was he right in the end? I don't know. I mean, maybe. Maybe if you got in the lottery, you could have ended up with, like, Cam Johnson or well, something the, like that. Well, the irony is that the Pelicans went for the playoffs and got Zion. <laughs> 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 so, I don't know. No, you're right. Um, and that's the other thing. I mentioned Scoot a second ago. I almost feel bad because it's such a unique and just generational prospect that we have with Victor that in any other year, Scoot Henderson might go. I mean, like it's probably oh, he going still might. One. I don't think so. But I, listen, I've heard everybody. There was 200 plus scouts to watch that game. I didn't even know there were 200 scouts. Well, in 2022, there are 200 okay, scouts yeah, in the NBA. Yeah. But there are I've in talking to people. Uh, around the league, there of course are long-term injury concerns with Wenbinyama. It's almost kind of like the the Ja and Zion situation. Have I ever told the Zion Giants Zion Giant? What the f- whoa, brother? Sound it out. Uh, n- nobody's nerfed. Holy, per- po body's nerfed. Um, ja and Zion. No, I'm we not having heard that story. story. Uh, all right, I'm gonna have to use. Uh, I'm gonna have to. I, so one day we were in a NBA city during the regular season, waiting for. This was the 2018, the year before that draft. It's okay. toward the end of the year, and and by then I think it's probably late April, late March, early April, and those are the two that are gonna go number one. It's everyone's kind of locked in, and we're in a certain NBA city in the media room waiting for the Pistons to finish shoot around at the arena or practice or something. And the GM of the 
team the Pistons were going to play walked in. Very cool guy. Um, joined in to the conversation me, Rod, and Vince were having. And I was saying, like, I if I had the number one pick, I would take Zion because I'd be afraid of the backlash. Agreed. At that, t- at that point in time, I was like, but I have long-term injury concerns, and if I was able to pick whoever I wanted with no – with no backlash of that magnitude. I don't There's certain situations that it's worth, like you just pick, take the guy you think's the best. But in that situation, you'd have to really tread lightly. I was saying, like, I would take Ja. And the GM of said team said, nobody, I agree with you, but there would be a lot of people losing their jobs if they didn't take Zion. Yeah. And it kind of goes the same thing. Like, I think right now when Benyama has a better medical history than Zion did at that point um, and less concerns, but those guys of that size, there are, are usually issues at some point. And I think there is no doubt that everybody thinks he is the best prospect of the two. Uh, you have to factor in the long scoot is so good. that it's like, do I, if this guy gets hurt, like that I'd just miss out on another trans. Uh, transformative, uh, transform- almost athlete. a transgender player, transformative player. Yeah, yeah, transformative player. That would have I been think, a shocking uh, Freudian slip. No, I think it's slip, it's but. it's tough because I think there's a lot of history in the NBA that would suggest that a body that big that moves the way that it does that the moves moves the way that he does is not. It's typically not a recipe for success, right? Usually you're going to have some pretty uh, nagging injuries. I think the most recent example that we can – I'm not going to use Chet because, like, for all we know, that was like a freak one-off accident. I think Porzingis is a good one. Exactly. Kristaps Porzingis was the exact one that I was going to use. And what did they say about Kristaps Porzingis when he was coming into the draft? Is this the next Kevin Durant because he was above seven foot, he had a handle, and he could hit from 27? That automatically makes you Kevin Durant. Let me tell you something. Nobody is Kevin Durant, and I can't say nobody ever will be Kevin Durant because the way that training and medicine and all these genetics even evolve over the years. Like in 20 years, there's going to be somebody who's better than LeBron. There just is, right? There's going to be somebody who's better than Jordan. His name's Steph Curry. You th- okay, yeah. Well, that's a, that's that'll be next week's podcast. We'll spend an hour talking about no, that. We got a draft next week, and we have our fantasy drafts next week. Fantasy drafts next week. So uh, I was telling James before the show, there's been a lot going on these last few days. So either the time that you are listening to this or by the end of the week, you will all have your invitations sent out for the Fantasy League drafts. We will also be sending out Zoom links, and you will all get to hang out with us, do the draft for like an hour. Um, so that will be coming up pretty can soon. I, so can I um, – what were the dates you put on there? Did you do – I realized we might have goofed. Uh, we we can do this off. We can do this off the air. Is it what? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? No, I think it's like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, or maybe something an, like that. The season starts Tuesday. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Well. Well. Again, we don't need to do this on the air because I don't All have right. it right in front of me. We'll do this in a minute, and then we will send out an email if we need to. Um. Okay. Okay. James, do you have an album? Ghostface Killer Iron Man. Wearing the shirt. Shout out to Ghost. Can I give you a Nick take? I'm so sorry that I'm about to do this. I'm I'm devastated that I'm about to do this. I'm so sorry, but I have to. I need J-I-D, to get it out of my system. JID is the greatest album of the year. It's worse. My what? album this week. It's worse. Oh, is it Lil Yachty's? Oh my God! Literally the greatest song I've ever heard in my life. How did he get that into Poland? How did he do that? I tell you what, dude. Dropping that not even as a commercial release, but as a SoundCloud link. 
on a Wednesday afternoon, just dropping the hardest 90-second song I've ever heard literally in my life, I, I Lil Boat's my guy. That's my guy. No, but the uh, album I'm going to pick. Go ahead. This new Charlie Puth is crazy. It is like, if you want like commercial, like H&M pop music, right? The stuff you're in and they're like, you're like hanging out in Alta or Sephora or something and you're listening to the garbage music they're playing in the background. This album is exactly that. It is tailor-made for, for guests or Do you Express. regularly hang out in Alta and Sephora? Yeah, you know, from time to time. I, I chop it up in there, see what's going on. Spit get some, some concealers. I go in there when, with, when I'm with my girl. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Charlie Puth record. That's it. Uh, I'm sorry, everybody. Don't listen to it. Don't go stream it. But I just want to pick it. It's not for what it's worth. For what it's worth. The running list of my favorite albums of the year, I did not put it on there. Does that balance still things out? Still has time. Still has time. <laughs> you still I'm have not gonna, a few months. I'm, I'm not going to put it on there, though. So that's my contribution. All righty, James. Let's, let's, let's get out of here. Yeah. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars, leave a review, subscribe if you're feeling generous. You can also leave five stars on Spotify. We will catch you guys in the next one. Peace.